you've reached the Texas Steampunk Connection Tuesday night, and you're tuning in. Thank you for tuning in with us. I am Fax, the Gentleman Adventurer. With me, Jack, from Steam Chest. We have Blue Stocking, our our guest who has uh, been on the show a n- number of times now, <laughs> and Omar, the Movie Ninja, from his own channel, uh, where he talks about uh, the latest movies and uh, uh, geeky show. themes. So uh, we're here. You're here. Um, let's get to it. Let's talk about steampunk. Yeah. Are you sure you want to start with steampunk, or do you want to start with the beginning, how we normally start? Well, you know, um, all the things. All the things. things. Point of order, Jack. Everything must be done orderly. Yeah, I mean, to the, to, I have a ledger. <laughs> I have spreadsheets. There's a routine. There's a routine. We can't break the routine. <laughs> Plus, I have to open my drink. I'm thirsty. That's what I'm hearing. Jack yeah. needs a drink. I'm first parched. The opening show is parchy before we start. Well, I guess, I mean, you're I'm chomping at the bit. Hey, Jenny oh. and Nick, of course. Glad you guys have tuned in. Jack, what are you drinking? I am finally getting to talk about this because I don't think I've talked about this one yet. <laughs> I have a yinling. A yinling. Oh. A yinling. Ooh, yinling. Ooh. Yeah, traditional lager. I, am, I had a friend tell me that this was very important and that he used to drink it up north mm-hmm. and you couldn't get it down here until finally there was a place to manufacture it down here. And when they finally fit, like he told me the whole like convoluted story about the like the hardness of actually manufacturing this stuff. It's one of the oldest beer recipe in America. And when they were bringing the um, the recipe to the facility in Texas to manufacture it, it was guarded by vans and an armored truck with a guy with the thing handcuffed to his briefcase Seriously? that had it in there, like protecting it completely. And I don't know to believe him or not, but I'm I'm willing to do it because to me it does taste that good. I am Yingling very is spirit. it's really good. I used to drink it when I lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. See, can't, now we can get it here. <laughs> All places I get it at the local uh, stripes, and so I've been very happy because it's where I go get my my uh, tacos for lunch most of the time these days. So <sighs> that whole story reminds me of uh, the Blues Brothers. Omar, do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, the Blues Brothers. Elwood Blues would always come on stage with a briefcase handcuffed to his arm. And on the stage, he would open the briefcase and pull out his harmonica. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Very important. Sacred. 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 (laughs) But it's... As as a if, for for people who have not had this before, it is it is not as bold as some of the others. It's not like an IPA. It's very it's like a very strong. Um, it's hard to explain. I just like it. It's like just enough beer without being too much. It's thick without being thick. It's frothy. It's got enough bite to it from the carbonation, but it's not over too much. I'd say it's like ninety percent of what I always, like what I want in just a normal traditional beer if I want to go for beer without going like Imperial Stout or an ale or you know uh, my other one I hate telling people I drink but Bud Light with lime which is great when it's hot outside but exa- yeah ex- yeah yeah that's the look that's the look I always get like oh you're terrible why do you, get out of my I house didn't say anything. I know what it tastes like that's why I made that face I, love, I don't know why the, the skunky lime just in that case but I mean, you know, I, I, I own it. I know it's terrible. I own it. You know why they put lime in beer, right? It's good. To hide the skunkiness. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, sometimes, I mean, maybe they need to do that for people who smoke weed. I don't know. It might be good. I don't know. Put lime. I know they put lime in coconuts. These Mix things these days. Shake it all up. Exactly. I heard that's medically uh, unrecommended. So that's a, that's a lager that, that uh, yes. you've got there, right? Okay. Traditional lager. And I was told it's better in the bottle, but the, but the can is actually pretty decent. So I just haven't tried that can yet. I'll tell you other side. So that's mine. Thank you for my TED talk here. I'll show myself. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Who'd like to go next? I'll go. All right. Today it is Apothic Red, Red Blend. Oh. It's one of my favorites. It's cheap, but it's really, really good. It's cheap, but effective. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's my favorite. Apothic has a couple of different red blends, and they're all top notch. So that's my go to. Seconded, seconded. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. The white is really good too. I haven't tried that. Okay, I think they have a really like a good. bourbon barrel. Uh, That's one. the Apothic uh, Inferno. Apothic Inferno. That's my favorite. With yeah. a name like that, I yeah. have to have at least the bottle. Soon. Yeah, the bottle's like, really right over here. So that's mine, and it's like I said, it's simple. It's just a red wine, but it's something I can keep you know sipping on, and it's good for cooking too. So, Ooh, yeah. simple cooking. That's a <laughs> exactly. bonus. Yep, that is Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> nice. Eh? All righty, Movie Ninja, what you got? Oh, I'm basic. Um, I got Nestle water. <gasps> uh, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. It is roughly 72 degrees. Um, <laughs> no idea where it came from. I'm assuming somewhere on the planet. I think um, it's like Northern California or Oregon. Something, something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I am trying. I'm I'm basic. I'm I'm trying to uh, drink less sugar. So, just like and since it's a little bit more in the evening hours, uh, less caffeine. So just like yeah. But that's 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 what I got. I got I got water yeah, on my side and that's perfectly fine. Rita Rita's a big fan of water too. Shout out to Rita. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's three quarters of my body. So, I mean, I, I also, for a biological reasons, I need it. Yeah, we all do. We all should be like, like I probably shouldn't be drinking this right now. But next week, if it's cold enough, it was. Well, I'm not shaming anybody. I'm not doing that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing a bit. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't drink a gallon of it or anything. Good lord, you would never. Oh. You'd have to wake up like multiple times in the middle of the night. Hold the phone. Rita is not drinking water tonight. <gasps> She's drinking flavored water. I'll mark the calendar. LaCroix, Lemoncello, Lamoncello. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's French. I've it's had it. It's fake French. It's faux French. There we are. It's faux. It's fox French. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but fact, sir, I will completely give it over to you. Oh, this way. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> that way. I have pulled out my real ale commissar, uh, Russian Imperial. Ooh. Oh. So now how Jack was saying it's uh, thick but not too thick, dark but not too dark. This is too thick and too dark. It's lumpy when you pour it, right? <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a beer and a meal. It's yeah, kind of creamy. Yeah, it um, it's like traveling food. Nine point eight percent alcohol. It is. Uh, don't be driving. <laughs> I'm home. It's okay. There you go. I drive better when I've got a few down. Yep. And is it's. It's nice. Better when I'm 18%. Um, Real Ale has a has a a, a 12 pack with three different uh, what what's called uh, high gravity beers or high alcohol content beers. Mm. Um, 
and they're all good. So, uh, and the, the as I recall, the the twelve pack that I got this from, it's not any more expensive than a twelve pack of any other craft beer. So it's a great deal. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I can't be more pleased with this. Nice. I actually want to try one of those. I have yet to have that one. That is really dark. I don't know if I could. Mm. Would you like a slice? <laughs> it's like bread. What are the Flavio best? Loved thick dark beers like this. This is his season. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best jokes I was hoping I could find that comic strip again was actually a character who's like, "What is that? Oh, it's a Guinness." Would you like? Would you like a sip? You can't sip it. Greg grabs the cup, turns upside down, lifts the cup up, and it's sitting there like wobbly, like Jello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what have you guys have been up to? It was Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great Halloween. It was not bad. Went, tri- went trick or treating. Found the guy who gives out the five dollar, you know, bricks of candy bars. Not not the candy bar candy bar, but like the one you go out to buy yourself candy bar, the big one. It's like candy, candy bars and a candy bar. Yeah, he lives like right around the corner from me, and uh, that's what he does. He's like, I go out, I buy two hundred dollars worth of candy bars, and this is what I do for the group. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So my kid. Yeah, he never has a year where I got three trick or treaters this year, and I have too much candy. That never happens at his house. No, no. They'll get one trick or treater and they'll start calling their friends. Gotta get over here. Happens. That's what you do. Yeah. Like every person is wandering up is like, dude, this is awesome. Like, this, the is the legend. this is the legend that we all talk about when we're older. <laughs> the best house on the block. Mm-hmm. Now, ours was really good. We had, I was lazy Ghostbuster and we had more trick or treaters than I expected, but we also had canned wine for the adults. And that went over like gangbusters. Yeah, we would give the candy. I'm like, I've got wine. One lady was walking away and I heard the can crack. She was walking away. It's like having it right now. (laughs) So that went over (laughs) really well. We're going to do that again next year. Yeah, it was awesome. As a parent who has to deal with that, by the time I'm (laughs) to your house, my feet really hurt because I wear my costume boots are for motorcycle riding. They're not for walking very well. (laughs) And so by the time I'm eight blocks away, that's really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we figured everybody's had really rough almost two years. So, you know, some canned wine. It's not the best wine, but it'll get you through the rest of the trip. So, home. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I know. I know it's terrible, but it's legal to actually here at certain times of the day on certain days to drink alcohol on the streets. And so, because my town what? is fun that way. Yeah, Thursday evenings on downtown in uh, Elgin, Texas, of all places, we have kind of a sip, shop, and stroll. And so, you're allowed to consume alcohol while walking around Main Street. Nice. Only a couple times have it gotten a little rowdy. But uh <laughs> Well, in, in my town, according to the local constabulary, they are underfunded and so they will not come out unless oh. a crime is currently being committed. With, with like an actual firearm hmm. and people are dead, right? Yeah. That's, so that's, uh yeah. they couldn't care less. Austin Austin, <laughs> Austin right now is uh, on strike for many things. I think our fire department's mm-hmm. on strike, our police department's on strike. Eh. I, went, yeah. I voted today. I did my I did my thing. I struck. I did my striking. By voted. Party, so yep. <sighs> I voted early. Ah. Voting early is the, is the best because then Why like I all the commercials and all the flyers, you just throw them away. Yep. I'm sitting here like we have the technology to vote securely. It's just that people don't want people to vote. Yeah. I could vote on my phone. Yeah. My yeah. phone's tied to my bank account, which is tied to my social security number. Which once they get that, it's in a a thing and if i vote twice they can say hey you voted twice and you voted differently did you vote twice on purpose or by accident and i can say oops i did it by accident and they'll throw one out done yeah 
If you can securely log into your bank account on your phone. I can take a picture of a you know. check and that's good enough these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's so yeah. that, that's, that's my thinking on it. That just feels weird to me. I at least want to put the actual check in the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it doesn't make any sense, but I have to. What I do yeah. is I, I after I, I mail it. Back, I, I mail take a picture. Checks. Oh yeah, you mail checks. Oh because I like a paper trail. Yeah. Like, no, you know. I, I I understand. Well, I mean, they when they they send you an email to let you know I mean, that the check's I'm, been I get a check stub so. and everything, and yeah. it's in my email, and I get it. I get like three places where it's digital, and I print it off, or I get handed the check, or and I have the, the paper the paper rip the bit that tells me all the how much money I'm giving the government and how much I'm not making out of my measly check. The and then I write my name on the back of this, take a picture of it, and then shred that bit. I'm like, all right, or, well, I wait until I make sure it's in the bank before I shred it. But <laughs> I shred it like three weeks later. Yeah, yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> and shred it three weeks later but my school account i have no checks and there's no physical bank for me to go to so i have to mm. anything is direct deposit or mobile yeah and we can re we can all relate this back to steampunk by talking <laughs> about bitcoin because bitcoin oh, is like God, the most etheric thing i can come up with <laughs> outside of ethereum uh my coworker bought some some cryptocurrencies i, I don't know what she bought um uh, but Does i she I know what she bought <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. She didn't seem like she oh, wanted to talk shit. about it a whole lot. She was just like, I, I bought some and I'm just not going to look at it and I'm going to hope it does well. <laughs> Which sounds like the worst point. I, I don't mean, know. I've actually considered just putting like $100 at each new one I could find that comes up on like my, my little apps that I use. Just because <laughs> like any of them just tend to just like either go up or crater. And I'm just like, at this point in time, it's a crap staple. But when it goes up, just it roll goes the dice. Up. Have you heard about the Squid Game coin? Yeah, it's completely oh fake. It, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people bought it. Oh, well, yeah, but they were playing well, the Squid yeah. Game game on Because it's trending on Netflix, though. Yeah, it was trending. Yeah, it was yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's number you three. buy it on the game to play the game. Online. It went up like a thousand percent. Yeah. And, and then, you know, people were buying it at that price. And then I guess, I guess the people who created it. Oh, is that the one? Took the money and ran. $500,000. They had actual, they had an actual party to introduce this thing. It was actually, I think up to 2 million by the time they pulled it. Was it? it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they they stole millions of dollars from yeah. these. Yeah, you call it stealing when people just gave them that money. It's true. Thank this you. is actually a legal a legal thing that's going on right now. But there were stipulations when they signed up. Uh, actually, the legal they stole uh, in mm. order, like legalese is actually going to bite them in the butt because it does try to make it look legitimate. And so, oh, okay, okay, so yeah. not because they actually uh, fraudulent terms that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see. Well, like I said, they had a party and everything, to, a real live party to introduce it. It was like marketing and just well, celebrities. It and gets me is that were they, they actually part of the Squid Game? Like, was it funded by Netflix? No, no, no. Like, nothing to do with Netflix. Oh, like, I guess no. they were getting sued, or like they were figuring that they were going to get sued. And they just needed to do this right now and pull it out and go and be gone. And they're done. Uh, Netflix yeah. doesn't need. Just, no, that's Trump change for next yeah. $2 million. Yeah. So. Netflix doesn't really do altered alternate reality games like that. I mean, that's, that's, this is a Black Mirror episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> the computer stole my money. <gasps> well, speaking of which. Well, somebody stole uh, it before Omar, you, you gave it to a, them. You, did you do a video on Squid Game? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention that. Check out his take oh, on yeah. Squid Game. I haven't watched it yet because I haven't watched Squid Game yet. Because I'm neither have I. I, I mean, 
Yeah. I did you watch it. I didn't get I, to it, but it, I was surprised at how compelling it was. But I mean, yeah, just get to it when you get to it. Netflix is not getting rid of this. It is printing <laughs> yeah. too much money. It is. There's no, there's no rush. Just get oh, to you it. Mean, I don't have to worry about the Google uh, like news things that pop up saying, watch this before it's gone. Yeah, it's uh, no, popular. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's been over two months, and it's still like it just dropped, dropped to yeah. three in the in their top ten. So. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I guess so, I should. Halloween. I guess I should, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can get us pulled back on onto the rails here a little. Bax <laughs> is over here going. We are off track. <laughs> I don't care. Let me tell you about my Halloween. <laughs> okay, please. So I got all these dogs. So every time the door. Uh, Somebody knocks on the door, they go crazy, right? Yeah. So I became one of those lame people who just sits a bowl of candy at the front <laughs> of their. I know that's terrible. We no, I saw Erica's post parent, about this. So you okay, know. you know what's going on? Yeah. It was out there for like 15 minutes before I had to go out the door to pick up my Chinese food. And when I went out, that bowl was gone. Like so the candy well. was gone mm-hmm. and the bowl was gone. Like that's like should leash it to a dog. ruined my Halloween for a good <laughs> half hour. Well, but what about the other part she said about the guy with the dragon the cart with the Oh yeah, yeah. As as I'm uh leaving the house cussing and fussing because somebody stole my my uh bowl of candy, there's this guy down the street, this tall, skinny white guy with a wagon full of bowls. <laughs> Oh, that is so bold. That's that the guy. So you pull over. Give me my bowl back. You can keep the change. I, don't I want the thought bowl. about it. Just I thought drag, about it. Drag your cart down the street with all the pilfered bowls. That is the best. Uh, well, that I is confidence. In, in my area of the world over here, we had a whole bunch of people sitting in their garages with their garage door and, and actually handing out candy. One guy had a speaker and a microphone. I think he actually like DJs on the side. And he, and as as kids would walk up, he would like kind of narrate what they are and like make jokes <laughs> with them, and so the kids are all freaking out because <laughs> my kid was the Mandalorian, so like he nice. and he was the only Mandalorian. I saw like one Jango Fett and a whole bunch of clones, but I'm like, you're the original. I mean, you know, you're the Mandalorian. There you go. No one else is like you. And we had his we had his little Yoda to my ammo satchel that I carry around, so it was fun. <laughs> yeah. It was as as for. A Halloween, I will say, it was the closest one. It actually kind of harkens back to my childhood of actually being able to wander around and actually have a Halloween the way that it used to be in the early 90s. And um, so it was nice. And everyone seemed to be, I mean, it was busy. There was a lot of people. Um, It's kind of surprising, actually. I was not expecting that. I was expecting to go to a lame trunk or treat and kind of wander around two or three houses and then go home kind of like the kid being happy he's got candy. And I'm going to like, let's go watch something Halloween-y on TV and drink my soul to to rest because it's this is not what it used to be no i was pleasantly surprised i actually had a really good time and i talked to a bunch of my neighbors so uh, people just want to be out people want to do something slightly normal this is the year i should have done the steam chest thing the party that we had last year it didn't work out last year very well last year was not good no I mean, I had people yeah, I did have come out of town, come to it, and out of state, come to it. But it wasn't huge by no means. Yeah. This year, it might have been a little better. But we would have had to enforce vaccination or something, I'm sure, because of yeah. the, the building we had. But anyway, beyond Next all year. that, I'm happy I'm not doing that this year. I was happy doing what I was doing. Speaking of spooky stories to watch after you've trick-or-treated, has anybody watched A Tale of Grimm on Netflix? 
<laughs> yes. Omar no. has. No. Have you done your video Omar. yet? Do I need to hold back? No, I mean, I yeah. Have, I've done, I no, haven't heard of it. He's already given his... Uh, uh, I'll get it again. He's already given his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and I've given You're my opinion in his comments. So, no, you go for it. No, I just... Uh, we just finished it. Um, it's a bit longer than I expected, but it's it's supposed to be the the original tale of Hansel and Gretel. I'm not sure how much of it is the original, and at what point there, they veered off sideways. But it's weird. There is no well. Yeah, you're right. There is no original well, from the from the time of the Brothers Grimm cultivation of it. We can yeah. approximate, but. The stories themselves are centuries prior to like when they originally collected them. So they're centered in the play. Fiction is fiction yeah. is malleable. I'll, I'll give it that way. No, yeah, no. I just okay. did a blog post about this a couple of weeks ago, so I dug down into the. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not the uh, expert here. By I'm any not. Mean. I am not either. I am not a folklorist. No, <laughs> I just did a lot of reading about it. I read a book. I'm an expert. Okay, <laughs> two out of four of us have already done blog posts or videos about this or something like it and i'm not one of those two people (laughs) but it was awesome yes i definitely would show a kid especially not my kid this show (laughs) my kid he loved it like i'm not spoiling anything because it happens in the first episode hansel and gretel get their heads cut off by their parents yep Mm -hmm. okay in the first episode but it was tastefully done as the, no, as the crows no, keep no, no, I love it. A tasteful decapitation? Yeah, I mean, they did it. What did they call it? They cut to the like the silhouette. Yeah, the silhouette. Uh, they did a lot of okay. silhouetting. So okay. was, Cinematically, they would call it a zip pan, where okay. the camera moves very quickly so uh, you don't actually have to see the action. But you don't yeah. see the yeah. spurting and the. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, it still kind of felt like it was, it was gory, but like you, your brain took over. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, oh, and um, I loved it. It was great. I I have not even heard of it. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, again, this first episode, so I feel like I can talk about it. Um, I thought it was rather gore free for their being getting their heads chopped off mm-hmm. because you learn much later that the parents had to harvest their gore and smear it on other things for plot reasons. Um, it was like, I didn't even get to see that. Come on. <laughs> Who want my money back? <laughs> I'm intrigued and yeah, I'm no, horrified. It is great because the, the, there's a long arching plot line and they kind of hit, they keep you, they keep you intrigued. There's three crows that are kind of the narrator or are directly the narrators of the story. And one is kind of a gag. What would you call that, Omar? What was the third crow? Would you call her? Um, Comic relief-ish? Harlequin. Like, if I had to make a comparison to the traditional dramatic tropes, I would say that they were definitely the chorus. Mm -hmm. And one of them is definitely, like, the the comic relief Harlequin. Like, there are two of them. There are two of them that they're on point. And the last one, Dory? Dory. Yeah. Something like that. It's Something very like that. Yeah. Dor- Dory or Dora um, is very much like she breaks all of that uh, and just like cracks wise or just talks about how she's a carrion bird and she really wishes someone would die so she could eat. Yeah, she's hungry. They're eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Suck the juices. <laughs> yeah, she gets very descriptive on like bodily functions and it's hilarious. I yeah. didn't know eyes have juice. Yeah. Oh, they've got some. I will watch it after we're done. 
it is it and it, it's 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 written so that young like if you believe if you believe your kids can take it but it's really good stories they are a little you know it is a little kind of a front but it's not done where your kids will have no. my no. kid loved it and there's a part where the one of the people has to make a sacrifice to a degree and my kid like completely got it and understood what would the whole plot of that was for and i was very proud of that because it was it, it was just complicated enough but the leap of logic worked and it worked for kids of eight plus for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I wish honestly that as a kid, I, I had that show because there are some things that in there that tells you to trust your brain. And then it also says, but if something doesn't feel right and your brain's telling you everything's okay, but you still don't feel good about it, trust your gut and like get a second opinion because shit might not be right still. <laughs> and um, it was, it's, I think, very telling and a very good story from even just like life losing it here. I'm trying to go. Well, that's fairy tales though. I mean, that's when yeah. you look at what they do, that is what they do. They're, yeah, they're, they're teaching. The lessons are obscure sometimes, but. But I mean, it was very much, you know, trust your brain. If your brain fails, you trust your gut. And it really worked out well. I thought they, t- they did it very good. They did it justice. And didn't one of the writers or someone talk to you, Omar? Didn't they reach out to you? On well, I mean, uh, someone affiliated with the someone affiliated with the project uh, saw saw my review and then just like reached. Out. I was like, hey, thank you for uh, thank you for you know doing your review. Um, I'm not entirely sure like who they were, so I right. uh, I can't say like oh the director because I, I have no idea. Um, but it was just, it, but it was nice for somebody to like, you know, like reach out and like, oh, thank you for talking about our show. So I was like, yeah, sure. It was very something that I feel is sort of missing in like younger people's like entertainment is allegory. The idea that, you know, actions and consequences are sequential, like, and we need that, um, but not in such a way that every action that you take will have a positive outcome. Uh, sometimes you make a sacrifice and it remains a sacrifice. That's essentially by definition what it is. It doesn't like cancel out something that was done and then, oh, you won the lottery because you gave, I don't know, like this hungry person like a meal or something. And and when they do that, that kind of enforces this idea that I should only do good things if I'm getting rewarded for it. Yeah, so the like, reward system. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so A Tale Dark and Grim actually covered a lot of different scenarios that, you know, had our primary characters, uh, Hansel and Gretel, uh, going to these various places, going on mini quests, essentially. And yeah, sometimes the, the reward was learning from their action, like primarily. And, you know, I think that we need to have that because I... I am someone, and I have this, I have this for like when my younger nieces like uh, visit us, but um, Saban uh, licensed and produced a Toei animation uh, uh, grim fairy tale like series in the 80s. And so I actually have the the Blu-ray collection. But And when I screen them for like what episodes to like show them and like not, something like occurs to me is like so many of these fairy tales have exclusively positive outcomes which is like, eh, like once again, it only enforces that idea that you should only be good because if you're good, then you'll be rewarded for it. And then again, you should just try to be good because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them that were sanitized. I mean, 
they were sanitized by Disney and everybody else in the 20th century because their originals sometimes just bad things happen and you have no idea why. If anyone has ever read the original Italian Pinocchio. It's horrible. Yes. (laughs) That would have been a Halloween. (laughs) Colodi's, oh my, Jiminy Cricket? Yep. He doesn't last very long. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've heard like w- like like whispers about this story, but I've never oh. actually got a hold of it. Pinocchio gets tired of Jiminy like Cricket and um, squishes him, and that's that's that for well, the conscience. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about watching. He got Pinocchio. off light compared to Pinocchio. Mm. <laughs> So bad. But even then in Pinocchio, there's like the whole island of misfit children being turned into donkeys. I'm like, that's pretty that's pretty dark for children to begin with. <laughs> they weren't misfit yeah. children. They were bad boys. They were oh, naughty oh. boys, yeah. Okay, yeah. Street urchins are naughty. If you're if you're yet again another attack on the poor people. <laughs> All I'm saying is right. in the original Smoking. in the first edition of Grimm's Fairy Tales, there's a story about a nightingale and a blind worm about how the nightingale wants to borrow. But they each have one eye, and the nightingale wants to borrow the blind worm's eye, and then won't give it back. Yeah. <laughs> it just flies away, and so that's why the blind worm tries to eat the nightingale's eggs oh. <laughs> for the rest of the time. <laughs> There's no lesson there. Maybe don't no. trust people. <laughs> don't that, trust anyone. Yeah. True, and like you were saying earlier about how that that the, some lessons are, are just you're good for the sake of being good. Yeah, like, there's a lot of those. Yeah, well, I mean, even in like the grim fairy tale that we were uh, we were talking about now. Uh, there was a moment where the Gretel, I guess, the girl, um, yeah, she yeah. sacrifices something for no real reason. I mean, well, a reason to help somebody, yeah. Yeah. and but doesn't get anything out of it. And I think that was very important as well to explain. And they kept bringing it back, like the fact that they kept showing it, the fact that she was still like she she had a loss, but yeah, it was a loss, a loss that she acquiesced to. To yeah. help other people, so I and mean it that didn't is stop very later either. Like it was one of those mm. things they kept bringing back around and showing that she's still going through and doing all this wonderful stuff yeah. despite the despite the, the her loss. And you shouldn't always I, expect a reward. Yeah, exactly. and yeah. I think that was exceedingly important as a as a, a story that we don't get in a lot of other of these kind of like we learn the power of friendship type of things, which are great. You know, Thank but... you, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want a good version of that story, go watch the new She-Ra. That is fantastic. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. I just it's very good. It's very good. There's and I too much that, to like, watch. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> He-Man's getting like two different versions of He-Man, and She-Ra gets like, what, biggest season, two seasons, and it's done? I'm like, that's... I thought, I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was four collections. I thought it had a good run. She had a, it had a good run, but here we got like He Man rebooted twice in like a one year period, and a movie. And I'm like, they should have dumped more money on Shira. Shira is is the like better. The, she was the always better my favorite. Going about it. Is there? Because because the the big giant spaceship turned into a tree, and they're gonna go on yeah. to adventure. All right. So our our, our fifth our fifth co host here, <laughs> Captain Barnacles on the side here, telling us all about the stuff. All right. <sighs> Does anyone so, want to do a report about- that's steampunk-ish? <laughs> I did homework. <laughs> As did I. But yeah. I actually had time to prepare. <laughs> wow. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, okay, the first one is about um, Airborne Kingdoms, which I can't remember if it was y'all that posted the link for that or if it was Flavio. I think it may have been Flavio about the Switch version that was coming out. 
but I got Airborne Kingdoms on PC and it is delightful and okay. it's really frustrating. Um, <laughs> As games it, should be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, it's a whole fantasy kingdom that's all into ruin. And so you have to, they lost the technology to have um, airships and they found it again. So you have to create this airborne city and then you fly around and do quests to bring all the kingdoms back together. But as someone who has very bad, I have dyscalculia and no spatial reasoning. When you're building the city, you have to, it's not like a regular city builder because you have to account for lift and tilt. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And that's really hard for me trying to, so I would get frustrated and stop and have to start over again. But so it's. You can capsize your entire city? Yeah. And, and also your, and your people's happiness is dependent on. It, the, the, it don't build because you can't if you want to bring in immigrants there's three levels of immigrants and they each have a level of happiness that they'll only come for mm -hmm. so if you're not totally top happy you can't get all of them from each settlement that you visit and like i said because that's it's hard for me to balance it but there's also a sandbox version where you can just build gotcha. you know, and it's it's got almost a minecraft feel to it because it's um it's blocky it's not you know it's not like the sims or sim city or one of those it's very blocky it's very low res but it's so cool. <laughs> there, you know, all of the quests that you go around and you do, and you have to discover these ancient things, and you find blueprints, and each kingdom has a quest for you to do to bring them back online. So yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. It's a lot this of fun. I just gotta. It's on P. I know it's on PC, and I think it's either out on the Switch or it's coming out. Okay. Soon, yeah. Hmm. There's a, a trailer for it on YouTube, and it's it's just it's super fun. Like I said, it's very simplistic graphics, but it's you know getting all the different buildings in there and keeping all your people happy and giving them work and, you know, you have to go around and gather resources. So it's, it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. So. Aww. And have you finished it? No, like I said, because of my issues with the, it's not math, but like the spatial reasoning, trying to get the tilt straight. Okay. It was fresh. Yeah. It would frustrate me a lot. So that's why I would go into the, the sandbox where you have everything and just, you know, just build these ridiculous because the housing, once you get enough blueprints, you can stack the houses up. So you ha you don't have to have as much. They go up like four stories. Yeah. But you can okay. build, you know, you get balloons and propellers and you've got an academy and you have like, um, like business or uh, factories that are polluting. So you have to put them away from your people because that'll lower your happiness. Yeah. It's much more complicated than usual city builders, but it's, it'll definitely keep you busy. Like I said, plus the quests make it, that's the best part of it. So, gotcha. Yeah. So. Matt Davis here is saying something to you. That would be my husband. He says, "Yeah, blue stocking brings me the absolute worst examples when she's prepping a blog post." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <what? laughs> he's being mean. <laughs> Some of my stories that I've shared on my blog scared him. Oh. <laughs> the grim tales are scary. Hey, I'm I'm up for this. I want to read more of your blog post. Tell us your tell us your website. Steampunklibrarian.blog. Oh, I'm okay. I know this place. I know this place. I didn't realize that was you. For some reason, I That's, didn't make the connection. There's not a lot of steampunk right now. A lot, most of it is fairy tales, folklore, and my PhD classes. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other places I I, I was scouring for my own uh, today, and I ran across a bunch of things. A bunch of conventions are going again, so a lot of the musicians are starting to kind of come out of their deep slumbers and starting to do things. Um, I know, um, heck, some of the more bigger, I can't, I just, I just love. Thank you. 
there we go. Perfect. I know some of the musicians are finally coming out of the woodwork and starting to kind of do do online uh, conventions again, trying to raise some money or going to actual conventions and doing and doing shows again. And I know one show went off in Dallas. Alcon was good this weekend. And I had a couple friends there this weekend and they did they did really well. They saw a lot of people, uh, a lot of good people. Um, I haven't really got to talk to them a whole lot yet. They're like sleeping still from the weekend. Apparently it was it was that good. But uh, they're going to be doing it again in five months for Alcon. I think they're I think Alcon is going to be a by a bi yearly thing. So I, that's that'll be fun. I would like to be involved in that later. But uh <sighs> Do you have anything, guys? Thanks, Omar. I know you have something, Omar. You would be talking about I, it. Well, like part of it, like I, I have a thing that it was part of my October viewing, but it was something that something that the last time I was uh, here, I mentioned that unfortunately Hollywood hasn't really tapped into uh, steampunk as a venue or a setting for a lot of like and not well anyway. I, I, yeah. I not not well, but there's one. Because I and and this is just it's it's part of my yearly viewing and it's campy it's schlocky but it's fun and it was the 2004 film Van Helsing starring Hugh Jackman. Yes, <laughs> I love yes. that one. <laughs> I mean, because you have um, it's like and it's not steampunk by purest definition, but you have galvanic uh, gadgetry. You have steam powered or like gas pressured uh, Gatling, uh, you know, crossbow. I mean, it's yeah. as good as it could get like a giant photonic grenade that Carl just on the fly realized, oh, we're, we're going up against a bunch of vampires now. Now I know what it's for. It's like, oh, okay. Well, good thing that I invented this. Like it's, it's kooky, it's serious, it's exciting. It has all... Like, it's just fun. Like, it has all of these excellent elements that good steampunk adventure fiction has, but hasn't really shown too much in Hollywood. And that was 2004, 17 years ago, you know? <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say it like that. <laughs> uh, no, I know. it's it, it, it can't, I watched it in theater. I got salt and pepper. I'm fine. <laughs> I think that's because Hollywood, the, the, uh, the margins they expect from a movie are so high. They mm -hmm. they can't take risks and they can't accept mediocre, you know, returns. Returns. Yeah. I'm gonna and, raise and my a hand. goofy, schlocky movie like that, then or now, is not going to thrill them, uh, well, unfortunately. Just to put it out there, based on everything, the lead up to what you just said, I would love to see a steampunk version of The Avengers. I would love that. Oh, yeah. yeah that would be sure. bank. <laughs> I mean, how did how did Wild Wild West get me? That's what gets me. Can't Ask Kevin Smith. Um, <laughs> that makes never mind. Does it? I mean, it's I out mean, there. Yeah, big names. But I mean, I mean, it's not a. It's not it. it I'm going I'm to say this, and it's going to hurt my soul a little bit. It's not a terrible movie. I like it. It's funny. It's, it's a good example of it, when people it, don't I, know what it, when they don't know what it is. You can say Wild Wild West. Yeah. It's the only yeah, thing that the mainstream media yeah. knows as steampunk because you can sit there and say it's neo-Victorian science fiction from the perspective of the Victorians when they thought what the you know what the future might it's hold, and people were just yeah. like, "You lost me when you said no. Victorian, like Victorian futurism." Essentially, have you seen yeah. Wild Wild West? Oh yeah, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at like Mortal Engines, Predator Cities, that yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I thought, but I liked the book too. But 
Yeah. And the movie. I, we were the only people in the theater when we went to see it. I was so sad. Yeah. It was so sad. I will it that, that movie deserved better when we saw it. But I mean, it's like, eh, yeah, it's just like, and it wasn't the story's fault. It was the execution. That that was yeah. like my biggest takeaway, like from that. Oh, oh, what was that? What was that show on Netflix recently that had the big like cloud wall, and it was um, a big shadow wall, and you had to like drive. Shadow and bone. Yeah, yeah. shadow and bone was oh, like yes. awesome. That's and it, to me, yet. it feels like what's like like turn of the turn of the nineteenth century Russian mm-hmm, yeah. steampunk in a lot of you ways. Know, they were calling it czar punk. Yeah, I thought was very cool. <laughs> like. This this needs to be a thing because I was like everyone's uniform. I'm like I want that that jacket. I want that coat. I want that. That needs to be part of my I, like. It made me excited to be a steampunk again because there is finally something that is in mainstream media that I can jump onto, and I'm looking forward to a second season of. I will add that to my list as well. There's too much to watch right now. There's I can't keep up with oh, it. Man, I, I need that second season. Yeah, it's so, been a while. Well, there's three books. There's, yeah. there's, there's I know. Three books actually, there's, there's three books, and then there was a, another series of books, and that's actually yeah. why you have the main story there's, arc ooh, of, ooh. of the sorceress and the emperor and whatnot. That is actually the first three. And then the second series he wrote was from the perspective of his gangsters that were uh, run, his thieves and gangsters. Running yeah, the yeah. Own book yeah. story series. Yeah. The gangsters aren't even in the first three books. Yeah, they're not. But and they, they were my favorite part. Yeah. Like in the second series of books, he threads them through the main mm, plot yeah. lines. So you have this kind of, it's, it's like Ender's Shadow. There's another storyline within the storyline that you're actually following the other characters around so that you hit the main events from the other story when you're reading it. It's And it's fantastic. I I want to go read the books now that I know all this, but mm. they did a, they did a great job making it the tv show let's see here one of the key technologies in the first season that no one really even knows about is a is a generation one locomotive yeah they use this as a means of traversing this impassable natural barrier of pure darkness um and the only reason why it's impassable is because life has taken root inside this sort of like vastness of uh uh, opacity, and I, I disagree are... with your term "life," sir. <laughs> <laughs> they, if they can die, they're alive. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're mutated life. I'll admit. I'll admit that it's like because hideous creatures of darkness <laughs> in a magical world. I, I still, I, I disagree with your term using the term "life." I'll admit it, it, it's very, I'll it's very that which has no life, but, but it's definitely impassable. <laughs> For, for most people, most people, they just use these like ships that are powered essentially by airbenders mm-hmm. and, that's the way, and they guard them with <laughs> and they guard them with firebenders. And yep. those are like their go to munitions for when they're passing through the sea of darkness. Well, they have guys but, with rifles, but they're fairly inaccurate. Because well, a rifle, you have to be able to see yep. in order like to see a target to actually put it to good use. And they don't want light until they're actually found out. Then they want all the light they can get. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. LEDs would be gangbusters. Oh here. man, yeah. those headlights that blind me every night, those are what those people need. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, they'd, they'd be the fire lights that burn my corneas whenever I drive at night. Yeah, that's that's, that's what happens night. to the, the bats in there. They just fly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's technically the LED would fix all their problems. We wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. It would no longer be an impassable thing. Technically, it'd be a wonderful place to go camping on the weekend. Mm-hmm. 
in the mountains. Very nice. Very Colorado. Yes. <laughs> you have intrigued me. I will go watch that one as well next week. This week. Oh, it, that one is a fantastic one. Yeah, okay. Give yourself about eight and a half hours because you. How many episodes is it? It's like. Uh, ten or less. I forget exactly. I have to balance yeah. it against how much homework I have to avoid. So, um, it's, yeah. it's a full it's, day. Okay. <laughs> it's oh, it's one of those where you watch, you watch an episode and you have that conversation with yourself. I can watch just just one more, more. one more episode. <laughs> My homework done, will still be like, there. I did the homework soon. will always be there. <laughs> I still have nightmares on my graduate program. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> this is my second one. I got my master's in library science, and then I went right into a PhD in rhetoric. Ooh, so, nice. been in it three years, so I'm comping next spring. Yeah. Congratulations. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being able to refer to you as Doctor Blue Stocking. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to so do that. Hopefully, December of 2023. I'll start dissertating next summer if I pass my comp. So we'll see. Sounds like. But my my subject has already been accepted. So we're good to go. Yeah, just got to get there. So. It, it annoys me that as many tests as I've gone through to be, and I hold like eight certificates and yet I don't get anything cool. And it's taken me as, as long as it has to get a master's or to have all these certificates. And then I got to keep up with like 24 to 36 hours worth of homework a year to keep these things up. And I still don't get a cool thing on my name. Did so, you get the student loans? No. <laughs> Fortunately, really, I mean, my mother did pay for that's an accomplishment. Thank you, mom, uh, for keeping me. My debt student free. loans have reached a point where because I just keep rolling it over because I started college in 2012 and I just, yeah, associates, you, bachelor's, master's, yeah, just keep just keep getting them, get like eight or nine, and before you're just 80, keep rolling and it then, over. yeah, and then you'll never actually ever have to pay them off. I, I think that's what they want. They want you to become a professor, and you just keep going. I'm working on it. There you just go. keep you completely in debt to the point where, like, you know what? I can't, I can't get out from under this, this, this freaking tower of debt. So I'm just going to continue just getting more from the system. Well, I mean, I'm 45 now, so like, you know, if I can buy a house before my loans come due, then what am I worried about my credit? So. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, Shadow right. and Bone. Watch it on Netflix. Exactly. Does anybody else have steampunk homework that they wanted to? Oh, as far as homework, okay. So, like, I mean, that was you know that wasn't even the homework. Oh no, that wasn't. I mean, it's, it's a seventeen. That was a side movie. quest. <laughs> okay, so, All right. so I love me my comics. I love comic books, and there is this compilation that I got a few years ago, and I didn't know about the homework thing like until like last time. But <laughs> there is this uh, dynamite. Uh, published compilation. It's called Legendary, and I don't know how well it's going to pick up on my camera, but you have sort of like um, Generation 1, like, yeah, Golden Age, because you, like, Golden Age heroes, you have the Phantom, you have, oh, here we go. Thank you. <laughs> like, some of you can identify them, like, you have the Phantom, you have Zoro, you have Green Hornet, you have uh, Red Sonia, uh, I don't wow. know if they have like Doc Samson in here. It's been it's been a little bit, but you have all of these references to Vernian sort of like fiction, Jules Verne's uh, Vernian fiction. You have uh, references to the Island of Lost Souls. Um, it's just and it's just in this wonderful like steampunk landscape. All of this trying to uh, you know 
uh, pair all of these characters together. And it's just done magnificently. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Dynamite Legendary Collection uh, for anyone who is into steampunk and comics. Because there's definitely, there's definitely more out there in literature for steampunk than any, really any other media platform. So I would highly recommend that as, as my homework. Is it like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of? A where it brings bit. together all the fictional characters? Yes, because uh, you have like, like I said, you have Red Sonia, Vampirella, you have a number of these uh, characters. Vampirella, she owns a nightclub. And if her bouncers don't stop, uh, you know, troublemakers, then she will just take care of it herself, you know? So it's all a little bordello of blood there. Yeah, a, a, a little bit like if she's up front about like, hey, if you're at the club, don't start any trouble. Otherwise, that's just how it is. Uh, never <laughs> been a man to do a woman's job. There you go. So awesome. Nice. Awesome. All right. But yeah, sorry, sorry to kind of like uh, no, no, take no. it over there for a second. No, no, no. no. your job. That, that is, you did the work. That's what it's for. <laughs> and I almost say I wish you could go for another like. Minutes. <laughs> oh, because no problem. I no problem. Uh, I yeah, can do that. My Halloween was cinematic. Oh, yeah, yes. Explain a little bit about some of the movies you've been going through. So, uh, really, just going through uh, Halloween itself. I had one monster, one campy, one classic, and one found footage, one action. Uh, all horror related. The Campy classic, more or less, was Roger Corman's Attack of the Crab Monsters, wherein a group of scientists, scientists, they have a science book in one scene. <laughs> and oh, they use, kind of like and the, they use the term electron. We're doing science. It's like the trunk from, uh, from like Dark, the Army of Darkness. It just opens up got the calculus books that he's had in there since he was in college. Apparently, yeah. yeah no, that, um, my friend like, keeps his books in his trunk just for that reason. If he ever gets sucked back into, hey, you know. I mean, he already knows enough about metallurgy and like for uh, forging to where it can make a prosthetic like metal hand. But exactly. uh, but the scientists go to this uh, island because one of their colleagues has strangely disappeared. The first half of it is kind of like a old fashioned PC uh, point and click game. Like, oh, we found a journal. What does he say? Uh, found mysterious life form and then gonna look harder tomorrow. And then that's it. He just disappears. So it turns out that the island has been overtaken by giant mutated crabs that can ingest human brains and then telepathically resonate their thoughts through I think I've metal seen this. I remember that plot. <laughs> Isn't it great? I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Like on, yeah, I've seen that before. It's so, terrible. So, facts. Did, is there? Isn't there a song about something like this? Um, Space Corp did not by Space Corp, but yeah, I think uh, giant mechanical crabs. Yeah, yeah, like attacking a, like a seaboard or something. <laughs> Hold on. Um, by the external combustion orchestra. There they are. Yes, I I did not Giant I did not appreciate them in it, it live, but <laughs> they did have uh, an amusing song. Hey, that's a way to put it. <laughs> we still would like to have them back at Steampunk November, however. They, they yeah, yeah, they, they played Steampunk great Steampunk November. Steampunk. I was gonna make a joke, but if you want them there, I'll, I'll refer. <laughs> 
Uh. <laughs> well, I, I got the feeling that they're, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously. They have a song about giant mechanical crabs. Yep. <laughs> so I bet they're, I bet they're a lot of fun to have a beer with. Oh yeah, Nicole's Nicole's already singing it to herself right there in the, the comments. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going, continue. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, so uh, that was the like the the campy classic for me goes back to 1991, and so this there's a film called Warlock starring Richard E. Grant and, and Julian, Julian Sands. Sands. Yes, Julian Sands. Um, I had his picture hanging in my locker <laughs> when I was 15 years old because of that movie, yes. <laughs> and essentially a witch hunter from mid-17th century Massachusetts is transported via time NATO um, <laughs> to, so bad. to 1989 Los Angeles. <gasps> and Julian Sands, the warlock, I don't even think he has like a name. I think they no, just call him the Witcher the Warlock. Yeah. And he has an evil quest. He has to combine the three pieces of the Grand Grimoire. Grand it is Grimoire. Like the, the most uh, powerful grimoire in existence so that he could say the name of God and then undo all of creation to what benefit. But he's evil. So I mean, whatever. Very creative kills. Richard E. Grant is a surprisingly good action hero. He uh, really there is. He was so good. Yeah, yeah. I love him. There's yeah. this one scene where like my buddy's cracked up because a Mennonite had painted a hex mark, the on, hex mark on the barn. barn. <laughs> and you know, he's like, oh, I know what that is. Stop. We gotta stop off with this at this farm. And then he just bursts into someone's kitchen and says, Tell me your woes. Tell me. It's like, like there, there was a, like we were just cracking up because of, like <laughs> some random stranger just like slamming into your kitchen. It's like, tell me one of the witches. Tell me your wars. <laughs> Wonderful. It's um, so bad, but it's so good. It is so good. It's, it is. It's on my list now. Um, on my list. I watched footage. it a lot. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's good for what for what it is. Like it's been like Julian Sands can be creepy without even trying. It's like he's with a, a little boy at one point, and he's explaining, "Well, I'm a witch." It's like you ain't a witch. Witches are girls. That's sissy stuff. Like some are men. <laughs> like, yeah, he's so good though. Did you um, see Goth did you ever see Gothic with him? No, I haven't. What is Gothic, it was uh before that. It was about the creation of Frank it was about the night at um the night in Switzerland when Frankenstein was created. Ooh. He plays he plays Percy Shelley. Nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. And um Gabriel Burns. The wild and night of debauchery, as I recall. Yeah, it is bananas, <laughs> but it is so Oh, good. It is so good. It has the best soundtrack. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Up. yeah. Julian Sands. He's always been one of my favorites. He's just crazy in everything he's in. It's like, but he's, he's that interesting kind of sophisticated where he can play almost anything and you absolutely take it seriously. <laughs> and he's absolutely intimidating as well. Yeah. He's got that voice. I mean, when he was in Room with the View, everything he's in, he's just, he's naked lunch. He was horrifying in Naked Lunch. Horrible. <laughs> I ain't going into it here, but that's, that's terrifying. Because the, Boxing the kids are here for the steampunk. But let's just say that's not steampunk. This will be a video later on his channel, though. Apparently, Boxing Helena. All I'm gonna say. <laughs> David Lynch's daughter directed it. I highly recommend go. it. Julian Sands go. is yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> sure. Um, so there was that. Like uh, there was Warlock. 
the uh, the found footage was a film called WNUF Halloween Special that is a pure nostalgia bomb, and it's wonderful. I don't know if Jack has seen it. Um, I have not. Uh, I was actually going to type it right now to look it up to save it for later. It's available. <laughs> it's available on YouTube. Um, you could see it, like the whole thing, and pretty much it's like. If you're from the 80s, if you remember anything about the 80s or even like the early 90s, it'll really take you back. And it's a local, a really small time local like news satellite. And they're doing a improv uh, seance. What could go wrong? You know, <laughs> and that's how you get demons. And that's how you get the demons. Exactly. <laughs> um, from there, like because uh, we had one classic. The found footage. Our action film was Blade Two. Uh, it's pretty like when Guillermo del Toro took uh, took over the wheel, really turned that. Like the first Blade was still impressive. The second one much better. Really much. Fax is making a face. <laughs> See, I'm I'm a, I'm a I, third. In Blade my mind, fan. I remember Blade Two being kind of a stinker. But agree to disagree. You no, know, the third one was. Not. I could be. Third one was I, I could be. Uh, I could be wrong. Third uh, one was with Parker Posey and Triple H. <laughs> and the okay. older brother from Prison Escape. And, and so I mean, yeah, I'm thinking the wrong movie. That's that's why. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> like what you like. I, the, not, I, mean, not, I, not, like, not I mean, if you want the whole weird, like mutated vampire thing, that's mm -hmm. yeah, cool. The vampire dogs were fantastic. Honestly, the Chihuahua I mean, the the Pomeranian one and the third one is a far superior than the uh, the German Shepherds and the Rottweilers they had in the second one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's just something about something about this big that has a face that goes and then just like utterly terrifies you and tries to eat Deadpool's face. I'm <laughs> sold. <laughs> See, I mean, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, no, that's the whole reason I watched Blade Three. Is is literally is baby Deadpool. It's it's the whole reason Ryan Reynolds was got for Deadpool. I'm sure is because freaking Stanley is like, no, this is this is the guy that needs Deadpool. to play Deadpool. <laughs> God created him to be Deadpool. Basically, yeah. <laughs> he does fit. But, but yeah. So I, for some reason or another, like, uh, I think the other one that we saw, it was a Japanese one, uh, Kuroneko. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with this, it is a Japanese film that embraces their kind of, it means black cat. And so what happens is that these two women are murdered by a gang of samurai during the feudal era. And they come back to life as uh, like otherworldly spirits. And they have this, uh, they have this essentially a revenge quest. They want to destroy all samurai. And a lot of it goes through the themes of like revenge is essentially you're, do, you're doing the greatest harm to yourself. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful black and white. I believe it's 1966. I love that you have it back. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, 68. Almost had it off by two years. Uh, but Kaneto um, Shindo Kuroneko. So it's 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 surreal. Oh, not not surreal. Um, it's dreamlike. No, that is surreal. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> semantics um but no it's it's beautiful and it is tragic and i highly recommend it so there we go horror <laughs> hey that's that was what all of october was yeah and, uh, I, 
I tried to Google Kuruneko and I got something entirely different. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still Japanese, but it's definitely not about killing samurai. Maybe I'm... Is safe search on? <laughs> maybe I'm spelling Hopefully. wrong. Oh, mm, I... K-U-R-O-N-E-K-O. You, they are uh, two separate words. Okay, I was writing K-U-R-U-N-E-K-O, one word. I got something else. I don't know what that means. Back out? <laughs> something I mean, cat. It's... it's cat thing. Japanese oh. cat thing. I don't know. This looks cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, of course it does. But we expect nothing less from you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and we're coming up on time. I know. Um, I, so I guess Jack and I will have to do our homework next next episode. Next episode. I, I think Jack was stalling so he wouldn't have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to mention, uh, this is like the last episode before what would have been Steampunk November. I yeah. know. Next, the weekend 12th through 14th. It was canceled um, because, of, because of the pandemic and problems as a result of that. But I wanted to bring up... There are like other things happening that weekend and across the the uh, the the universe month of November. Um, yes, like there's a holistic and metaphysical festival in Waco. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. I mean, it's not exactly steampunk, but it's you know parallel to steampunk. <laughs> if if you're into that sort of stuff, there's Depends also a steampunk reading. belly dance variety show. Uh, oh, all right. The highway bar in Arlington, Texas. Uh, both of those are happening on Sunday, the fourteenth. But also, like, there's a lot of holiday fairs and Christmas bazaars, and those are perfect for putting on your steampunk outfits hmm. and and going to um, I, the D Dickens on the Strand in Galveston is happening. Oh, is it? Uh, just the first weekend in uh, December. Okay. Uh, Dickens on Main in Green, Texas is the weekend before that, but I'm sure they're happening all over the state. Uh, I just haven't found them all yet. Uh, so go on Facebook and look in your area and uh, consider checking those out, or at least telling me about them. So I can put them on <laughs> Tell the us about them. Post them all over our page. We'll talk about them. <laughs> um, and I wanted to make sure everyone knew we had a Patreon page uh, where you can help us out a little bit on uh, the expenses for running this show, um, which we then post on, on podcast spaces and, and such. And wanted to uh, call out the people who are currently on our Patreon. Wanted to thank Rita, who was watching our show, or was earlier. Wanted to thank Kitty, who's been on our show a few times. You've seen her. Uh, Jenny Shaver and her husband, Ryan. And we got a new a new patron... Claire Bear, who uh, I don't think I've seen make comments, but apparently she thought well enough of us well, to uh, add her name to our Patreon list. So thank you uh, for helping us out. Um, I wanted to make sure we got got those in the bear before uh, before we say goodbye okay. today. Clarence, uh, hi Clarence. <laughs> it's me, Clarence. You're you're Claire Bear. Uh, I love did it. Not see that coming. Hmm? <laughs> I'll get you some flowers, sir. Put them on your hat. I I was really expecting this cute little chibi, um, you know, maid girl. <laughs> it was hey, don't make fun of Weavers. For a beer. Um, 
So that's what you look like now in my head. <laughs> awesome. No, guys, thank you so much for for giving us a little bit of money there. It just does does help us use the uh, this program that we use and help us broadcast it out here to uh, Facebook. And um, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening to us later, by all means, you can make comments in on the uh, the Facebook comment section that we will see, or or make a post, or send an email to uh, Texas Steampunk Connection at gmail.com. I'm checking that every once in a while here, and not as fast as as on Facebook itself because well, Facebook's I sit on Facebook easy. all day long because my job is boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. But uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear. Uh, all the uh, positive remarks or, or uh, actually negative remarks. We'll hear negative remarks too, because those are fun to make fun of. Sorry guys. I know that a lot of them are going to be my fault. So I'll I'll what, we'll have you on and you have to read them. Uh, just we'll read them off. Yeah. <laughs> they can stand in the corner. It will we'll like stand up like Jack's hair is terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> Screw you too. <laughs> <laughs> Have a thing. It'll be okay. Actually, that could be fun. I'm looking forward to it now. Our music is brought to us from zapsplat.com, which I am legally required to mention. <laughs> so there's that. Um, is there anything anybody else has to uh, put forward before we uh, call it a night? Ah, I'm good. Steam good. Chest should be shipping this week. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a little late, but we're all out. It's coming out this week. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And until next time, mind your gauges. Mind your gauges. Say the thing. <laughs> <laughs>